Welcome to CDMX Expats. My name is Raquel Ramirez, and I'll be your host. This is a show where I interview people about moving to Mexico City, how they ended up here, why they stayed, the good, the bad, and the surprising about living in one of the largest cities in the world. Subscribe to the show to hear the real stories of expats in CDMX. Today, I interview my friend, Kenji Patton, who is finishing her PhD remotely from Mexico City. This week, we talk about being a woman expat, social scenes, eating out, taking public transit, local salaries, and dating failures. Before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, and follow us on Instagram at CDMX Expats. I'm always looking for new guests to come on the show, so shoot me a message if you have an epic story to share about moving to Mexico City. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Kenji. Wow, I'm here. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy you can make it on. I've been needing more women on the show because so far I've had only guys. And I feel like the female perspective is really important, especially being here in a city like Mexico City, where people think, oh, it's so crime ridden. Being a woman here is different than being a guy here. Right. And so I'm really interested to get your perspective on all of this. Oh, yes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess let's uh, let's jump in. Yeah. So first question. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah. So my name is Kenji. I'm originally from Florida. And right now I'm getting my PhD in psychology at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Very cool. Where are you from originally? Yeah. So I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval. Yeah. (laughs) And what brought you here to Mexico City? Oh, goodness. So at first, I was going to go to Colombia. Like everyone, when I was traveling, was saying how beautiful it was, how amazing it was. And then right after Easter, the amount of COVID cases spiked. Then there were like the protests going on. And then after, I was like, you know what? Mm. Let's, let's go somewhere else. So my friend suggested Mexico City. And what's so funny is that he had never even been to Mexico City. It was really for a boo thing. And I just took a leap of faith and said, you know what? We want to travel together for a summer. You follow your boo thing. I'm going to follow you. And then I went to Mexico City for the first time and kind of stayed. Fell in love. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a really common occurrence. So many people come here just to visit and then never leave. Yeah, like I had so many other plans and I was like, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there. And then Mexico City happened. I was like, I'm going to stay right here. How long have you been here? I would say two, going on three months now. Okay. And how long do you plan to stay? Oh, until I graduate. So I have about eight months left, May, May of 2022. Yeah. And after that, I'm not sure if I can stay as long as possible here. That's going to be the goal. That's awesome. So that leads me to the next question, which is, what do you love most about Mexico City? Why have you stayed? I would say that there's this good mixture of the familiar and the foreign in the sense where, oh, there's chilies down the street. But then there's someone riding around on a bicycle selling food with their megaphone out. And there's really cool elements of that familiar and foreign that kind of keep me on my toes, but then keep me a little bit calm and, and content with what I know. 
you make a really good point. While it's an adventure to be here in Mexico City and it's a completely different experience, there's also like Applebee's and Krispy Kremes and Uber Eats. You use the same exact app and you just order from here and it's not that different. No. But at the same time, you are living in Mexico. You are living in a foreign country, getting to experience, you know, everything that Mexico has to offer. Yeah. I love that. Kind of related to that, what has been the most surprising thing about Mexico City? Well, as a Black girl, staying anywhere for an extended period of time, hair care is really important to me. Yeah. Finding someone who can do my hair in all these different styles that I'm kind of used to, braids. Which, by the way, yeah. your hair is looking awesome. Describe your hairstyle right now. It's like, what are they? Braids or the braids twists? So they're faux dreadlocks. The thing about dreadlocks is that if you commit to them, it's going to take years like to get a nice length. And then if you ever want to take them out, you got to cut your hair out. Yeah, I'm so happy about these faux locks. But I didn't get this done here, but I did get braids here in the city. And that really surprised me because I have 4C hair texture, which for people who don't know what that is, it's the thickest the kinkiest hair texture in existence. I mean, I break combs with my hair. That's how thick it is. And so when I saw on Instagram or something that there were some girls who were braiding hair, I was a bit skeptical at first because, you know, most of the people that were getting their hair braided were Mexican. So I, I hit them up and was like, look, my hair is thick. Can you handle it? And they were like, yeah, we can handle this. And they did. They did a great job. Different hair textures, like different cultures, but somehow they did a good job. That's awesome. And I'm also curious, what was the price difference? Like how much did you pay here and how much would that be in the States? Like what's an average price? Oh, yeah, that varies like on the expertise. But what I would say is I got the smallest braids possible. Mm -hmm. And is that more expensive? Yeah, yeah. The smaller the braids, the more expensive it is, the longer it takes. Uh, which, by the way, it took 11 hours. Jesus. 11 <laughs> hours? Yeah. I mean, you know, there was a little potty break, a little snack break. Yeah. Uh, 11 hours of just sitting in a chair and then doing my hair. Oh, my goodness. Black girls, that's nothing new to us. But I would say for them to do the smallest braids, it was like 150 U.S., and in the U.S., that'd probably be easily 200 to $400. So I was a happy camper about that. And they did a great job. And they did a wonderful job. I think my mom, everyone, all, all the Black girls I talked to were pretty skeptical. And they're like, yeah, no, nah, it's not going to last. <laughs> you know, if they didn't grip your hair right, like it's going to fall out. It's just going to be bad. I had that in my head for over two months. And it looked great. I was so surprised. Wow, that's really cool to hear. I, that's something I've never even thought about. Yeah. Where did you go? If you want to shout them out since they did such a great job. Oh, yeah. Shout out to like, I think it's like braids and makeup. In what neighborhood? It's a little bit of south of Centro. Oh, I don't know the neighborhoods that well. Like, so maybe north of Roma Norte. Yeah. Like, well, shout out to braids and makeup. <laughs> and kind of the opposite of that, what in your several months here so far has been the worst thing or the most annoying thing about being in Mexico City? So this might seem like a positive for some people. And it is kind of a positive for me as well. But there's just so many things to do here. 
that it can be overwhelming. And what kind of scares me a bit too is when I'm telling people this, they also say, oh girl, before the pandemic, it was more popping than this. So yeah, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm already overwhelmed. Yeah. How am I supposed to do more than this? Yeah. And I think this kind of leads into like a, a second part is because there's so much happening Like, I've been trying to make friends here, and it's like, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Everybody's going somewhere. Everybody's like, oh, you know, I I might want to come to whatever you want to do, but I might not, you know. Because there's a bunch of other options. Yeah. There's eight other options tonight. Yeah. So that's kind of the one thing that I like, but I kind of don't like about being in Mexico City. What have been your favorite things to go to? There's so many things to do like yeah. there's so many parties there's so many uh kinds of cultural events yeah. uh, what have you gotten into while you're out here yeah i mean definitely going to your place on a thursday <laughs> i like that because i mean there's so many clubs and bars here. There's a lot of edm here yeah. a lot of house music here so you, you, know, you go on and listen to that kind of stuff and you're like i can't really make conversation mm. so like hanging out with you guys when you host your thursday social get together it's Thursday night social club. Like, you know, I can actually be kind of social and yeah. not be overwhelmed with so much music or too many people. And also having to be at a bar or at a club. Yeah. Where talking to people and having conversation isn't the primary goal. Yeah. That's actually the reason why I started Thursday night social club, because I felt like there were so many parties here. Mm-hmm. There's so many clubs. There's so many places to go out. But there weren't really a lot of places where you could just hang out and have conversation in a casual way where if you miss a week, whatever, if you can't make it this week, come next week, come to another thing. You haven't come out to City Lunch Club yet, but that I actually just started this week. Do you know about that? Yeah, I saw that. I'm a part of the club. I'm not a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. But I saw that and everyone was was raving about that place. On Wednesday, it was at Goyo's, Mm -hmm. Goyo's Burgers, which is basically vegan in and out. And it's phenomenal. I'm so obsessed with ice cream. I think I've ordered eight pints in the last week. And we've just done basically ice cream tastings at my house. Anytime there's people over, it's like, you have to try this ice cream. It's so good. (laughs) You wouldn't believe it was vegan. It's creamy. It's delicious. It's awesome. So Wednesday was actually the first time I'd had their burgers. Mm -hmm. And I'm not actually vegan. I try to eat mostly plant-based. Yeah. Better for the environment. It's better nutrition-wise generally. Mm -hmm. But that burger, it it was a normal burger. It was a normal burger, I think, if you took somebody there and you didn't tell them that it was vegan, Mm plant-based, they would have no idea. I'm excited. They have burgers, shakes, fries, absolutely amazing. You're not from California. No, you're not. No, no, Florida. But if you've had In-N-Out. I have to say, I have been to Cali one time. Uh I had the fries. Don't kill me. But I was not feeling the fries. The fries are not that good. Okay, okay. So pro tip, In-N-Out fries. Get them well done. You have to ask for the fries well. Otherwise, you're just kind of soggy. They're lip, yeah. yeah. But if you get them well done, uh-huh. they're good. And the secret menu item, animal fries. They do cheese and their sauce oh. and grilled onions and I think pickle. It's like all of the stuff on the fries. you got to get the, the animal fries. But they have the vegan version of that at Goyo's. I saw that picture. <laughs> like, like losing my mind. <laughs> I'm like a low-key creep in the background with all these groups, like just lurking. 
I have a list of food right now. And that was the newest thing that I put on my list. Yeah. Like those bomb. You should send me that list and I'll see if I can do some of the city lunch clubs at any of those restaurants. Oh my gosh. So the whole idea behind City Lunch Club is that there's so many people here who are working remote Mm -hmm. and they don't have offices. And I think the best thing about having an office is having coworkers to go to lunch with, Mm -hmm. not having to decide and having people to get away from the computer and talk to while you eat, right? Yeah. It's kind of a cool midday social break. And yeah, I, I miss that about having an office. And I think a lot of people probably miss that. Mm-hmm. So many people here are working from their Airbnbs. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't even have co-working spaces. Like we're at Hob, which is a co-working yeah. space, which has a little more, more social activity. Mm-hmm. But most people aren't even doing that. I figured me going out and finding restaurants that are relatively fast, that are healthy, and then like setting up an ongoing regular event mm-hmm. where people can just come out, hang out with other people who are living similar lives, who are working remote, and get off of Zoom <laughs> and maybe even take a stroll around walking to lunch or from lunch. I figured that people would would appreciate that. So yeah, today was the second one. We had it at an Israeli restaurant. It was like hummus is something. La hummusia. And it was great. I had a wedding reenacted for me over lunch today. And then my new fake wife got connected with someone who may be connecting her with the job. So yeah, it's these kinds of, you know, spontaneous, interesting, fun, social interactions. They're hard to replicate over Zoom. But you can do that when you're out in person and you're you're there. For me, that's one of the things that I miss the most about being in the Bay Area or like anywhere else, honestly, Mm -hmm. was like having those normal, quote unquote, social interactions. That's what I'm trying to build out here. So definitely invite you to come out. If you're ever working and 1 p.m. comes around, so Friday, check the group, see where lunch is at. I'm probably going to come to the next one. Right now, my whole stomach is just jacked up, and I decided that I'm going to fast for three days. Wow. Yeah. Like a water fast? Yeah. Like literally just nothing but water for three days. Basically, you starve your body for so long that it starts to like... Oh, kind of atrophy? No, not atrophy. Isn't atrophy when, like... It's like when your cells start to, like, break down. Yeah, like you're in a coma, and then, like, you start to atrophy. Yeah. No, so, like, autophagy. I've been just having so much inflammation. And this is not on Mexico City, but I had so much inflammation, like, in my stomach area. Never knew what causes it. I eat super clean. I eat super healthy. But it's always been there. It started to kind of get agitated more once I came here. And I've went to a gastroenterologist. I've been taking pills and nothing's really working. So might as well try this. Autophagy? Yeah. I think autophagy. Autophagy. Autophagy, yeah. It's translated from the ancient Greek autophagos, Mm -hmm. meaning to consume oneself. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. Your cells start to consume the misfolded proteins and they're recycled during that phase. And then they're renewed. So my fasting app was telling me that it makes your cells more efficient and prolongs the life of your cells and with that, your own. 
interesting. Yeah. So that's what you're going to try, but you're going to do it on a three-day timeline. Yeah. Even if I cannot say this word to save my life, autophagy, if it's not really a thing, if anything, by not eating, yeah. I'm not going to inflame my stomach. I can eat anything. Yeah. And I think it just agitates that. I think it just needs to rest for a bit. Okay. So three days. Well, I'm really interested to hear how that goes. Yeah. Best of luck to you. Thanks. That might be hard to do here in Mexico City. Oh, because there's so much good food here. Yeah. There's so much. Someone invited me to Contramar. Ooh. Yeah. And multiple people have already been telling me about this place. So I'm just like, please postpone it. Please just, because I don't know if I'm strong enough to resist Contramar. <laughs> I'm from Florida. So I love seafood. Yeah. Which that's another thing that surprised me about this place. Mexico City, it's not a beach town or anything like that. But there's some good seafood here. And people are really into tuna. Yeah. Like tuna tostadas. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. One of the places I'm going to do Tuesday night dinner club in the next couple of weeks, mm -hmm. they say that they have the best tuna tostada in all of Mexico City. I said, that's a big statement. Yeah. So I guess we'll have to go see. But there's so many places where you go and they have a one fish option. It's tuna. Yeah. Raw tuna. It's not canned tuna that we have back Yeah, I, I guess I have to like rephrase that where it's like it's not canned tuna, but it's like poke tuna. Yeah. Like they're really into that here. Do you like tuna? I love tuna. After going to Hawaii, I became kind of a poke snob. I was just like, <laughs> no, y'all can't do tuna like Hawaii does tuna. Yeah. Until I came here and I've just been kind of eating it up ever since. Really? Yeah. What's been your best tuna in Mexico City? I want to say from the Super Roma rooftop. Oh, it's Supra. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this, the weirdest thing. They have wasabi sauce. And you would think like, dude, wasabi is kind of intense. They soak the tuna in like sesame oil. Yeah. And it's just, it, the, the flavors are dynamic. It's good. And then you just can't beat the view from that rooftop. Oh, it's so great. My roommate's birthday was the other day, and mm -hmm. we went to Supra, and he was like, this is a great place to spend your birthday. Yeah. It's, yeah, the, the views are amazing, especially if you get the view facing the BBVA tower. Uh -huh. You've got the DJ there. You've got the BBVA tower on the yeah. other side. It's like, it's a place to see and be seen. Yeah. And it's great. I, I love Supra. It's, it's a vibe. Yeah, it's a, it really it's a cool vibe. And then once Supra closes, then you go across the street to Departamento. Have you been? Yeah, I've been to Departamento. Yeah. That's a really cool vibe, too. Yeah. I don't think it's the best club in the city, but uh -huh. it is a club that I end up at the most. Really? Because the music, it's always decent enough. Okay. They do a lot of, like, house music. Sometimes the DJs mm, can yeah. leave something to be desired, but they have a really cool rooftop. And they don't close until really late. I want to say it's like 3 or 4 a.m., something like that. Yeah. They have a cool rooftop where I always, always, always run into people. So yeah. it kind of feels like my home away from home. I, I joke that it's my second departamento. Yeah. Every time I go there, I run into people that I know, that I like, or I meet cool new people. There's so many foreigners there. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's right across from Supra. So it's like you go from one to the other. And then there's like taco shops down the street. It's great. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a cool spot. Yeah. Okay, so the last question I like to ask everyone is, mm -hmm. is there anything that has left a lasting impression on you that you'd want to mention about Mexico City? A lasting impression? Yeah. Mm. Public transport. 
or transit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the word for it. We took the metro together. Yeah. Ago. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and late at night, too, from Central. Yeah. From Central. And you were going to Escandon, right? Yeah. And I was going to Condesa. Mm-hmm. You know, take it away. What's your take on public transit here? So, I mean, it's amazing. It reminds me of New York. It's just so connected yeah. to everywhere. And it's not just the Metrobus, but then there's the Metro. And then you have the Echo BCs. And just like a lot of different ways to navigate the city. Mm-hmm. From my experience in Florida, I initially thought like, oh, you know, you have Miami, you have Orlando. They're big tourist areas. Of course, they're going to have good public transportation. No, 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 no. In, in Jacksonville, I think I'd have to walk like a mile to get to the to the bus. Yeah. And yes, Mexico City is so big and, and it's so spread out, but at least there's public transit. And for me coming here my first month, that's all I took. And so I got a really good lay of the land. I'm not the best when it comes to remembering actual names of things, but I know how to take the public transit and I know how to get in any kind of area I need to get into. And at times, because the traffic can be so bad here, it can make more sense to actually take public transit. I mean, save some money and just spend, I don't know, 50 cents. Yeah. Yeah. I think the metro is five pesos and the buses, I think, are pretty similar. Yeah. Right. And five pesos is what, 25 cents. It's like, it's. It's ridiculous. And there's been times where I've had a friend who's taken an Uber and I'm like, you know what? Let's play a little game. Let's see how, how quick I can get there on public transit. And we kind of get there at a similar time. Yeah. I think for women, there is this apprehension to take public transit. I remember seeing a, a sign on one of the metros that said, I think back in 2018, like nine out of 10 women had been assaulted in some way. What? Yeah. Where did you see this? Like I was riding on the metro and there's a sign that was talking about that. And I was just like, dang, nine out of 10. And I've been taking this for like a month. Like, do the math, girl. Like, next. But, you know. How safe do you feel when you're on the metro? Yeah. I mean, I felt incredibly safe. There were times when I went during the height when there's literally people trying to push to get in and the doors can't even close. Yeah. Now that was when I was kind of concerned, like, okay, this is when someone's probably going to try to cop a field yeah, or yeah. something. And still, I mean, you know, knock on wood, nothing happened to me. And most times I do stay in the women's section, but even when I'm kind of intermingled with just the regular section, right. I felt fine. Yeah, I felt fine lookout of like where you're going right. you know just who who's watching you or you know that kind of thing and I think that's kind that's of it. anywhere right yeah anywhere you go anywhere you travel anywhere you live I mean you have to be aware yeah and I think here it's the same thing I don't feel like it's more unsafe here than any other big city that I've been in no I, I haven't felt that any fear or you know feeling like I'm in danger I've been I've been pretty comfortable here yeah well that is awesome yeah was there anything else that you wanted to I mean I have so much to say yeah gracious I mean in the past like I've traveled a little bit in Latin America I've been to Guatemala I've been to Costa Rica but I've only been there for like two weeks 
being in Roma, Condesa, Polanco, like you can definitely get warped into just, you know, being in your own little world with a whole bunch of different expats. Yeah. But by being here longer, I've had the opportunity to talk to people like actual locals. And I think one thing that I've had a, a greater appreciation for just with my own circumstances is that a lot of people here have more than one job. And it's not like, oh, you know, I'm a digital nomad and I do this little thing on the side. It's like, no, like I am busting my butt in order to make ends meet here as a local. So in that way, shout out and big appreciation to the people that work here. Yeah. And are born and raised in Mexico City yeah. trying to make make a way. Yeah. And that's one of the things we've touched on even on other episodes is this difference between the classes. Mm-hmm. That's very apparent here where it's not always necessarily that way in other places. It's not necessarily that way in the States. Sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. But here, there's a big difference between the person who's driving your Uber and the nomad that you meet at my events, for example, and how easy it is to live here. Mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of my Uber drivers, and I try to talk to a lot of people who live here in Mexico and kind of get a feel for mm-hmm. what they think of Mexico City. I'm always a little bit surprised to hear how they think like, yeah, it's a great city, but it's just, you know, it's kind of like any other city. Whereas I'm here and I think this is the most underrated city in the world. Yeah. Like this city is amazing. It's mm-hmm. so awesome. I'm so excited about it. They're like, yeah, but it's a lot easier for foreigners mm-hmm. to live here. And I end up being kind of conflicted about that because it's like, well, I'm telling everyone about how amazing Mexico City is. And I'm sure that's adding to the gentrification and like the rising prices here where lots of local Mexicans, their minimum wage is something like 120 pesos a day, like $6 a day. Wow. And, and a lot of people are working for that. And that just raised, I think, last year to 120 pesos. Like, it, it used to be less than $5 a day. Let's say you're making $10 a day, you know, like that might be considered like an okay wage. Yeah. But you can't really live like that, right? If you've got a remote job and you're making dollars or euros, you're like, yeah, it's easy to live this incredible life here. At the same time, I think we have to be very aware of the reality that Mexicans living here don't have that same kind of opportunity and because of that are going to view Mexico City and different parts of Mexico mm-hmm. differently than we do. For my part, I try to do what I can to integrate in the local economy, like work with local businesses, you know, bring foreigners to more of small businesses. It's part of the reason I do City Lunch Club and Tuesday New Dinner Club. It's because I want people to get off of Google Maps and the top 10 places that they know already because Mm -hmm. I think Mexicans are really resilient and they're really resourceful and they work really hard and they're creating all these really awesome businesses that can be very easy to be completely isolated from Mm. as a foreigner. If you live in Gondesa or Roma or Mm -hmm. Polanco, you can go to chains every single day Mm -hmm. and never actually interact with the local economy. and. I feel like it's not a responsible way to assimilate because, I mean, we're, we're living different realities to people who are living not very far from us. Yeah. Yeah. 
lighter note, dating has been interesting here. Oh, I'm really curious to hear your perspective on that. Oh, goodness. It's funny looking back on it, but some of my worst dates have been here. Really? (laughs) How have they been terrible? So like I had mentioned before, you know, there's so much to do here. And the same applies for dating. There's just so many attractive, young, successful, busybodies here. It got so bad that I had to delete my Tinder because it was malfunctioning. It just was lagging so bad because I had so many matches and I couldn't, I couldn't do anything with it. I was like, okay, whatever. So, you know, I went off to, to, I think, Bumble. And I think the problem can be that it's such a densely populated area. It's like New York, you know, it's super transient. There's so many people that are here for a week, here for a month. And trying to kind of develop a genuine romantic connection can be a bit difficult because there's so many people out there. And yeah, no one wants to actually commit. Not commit like an, I want to be in a relationship, but like actually commit to meeting or like <laughs> commit to following up on a second date. Everyone here has kind of got this what will be will be type vibe when it comes to dating or hanging out. And I'm like, yeah. have some agency. I don't know. Just let's do it. The guys have been a little bit weird. A little bit. I got catfished. You got catfished? Yeah, I did. Well, in the sense that the guy, he was 10 years older than he said he was. And then we went out for lunch and he just kept touching me. And I was like, the whole, you know, cultural difference. Was he, was he Mexican or was Yeah, he was Mexican. Which, as an aside, I do appreciate the level of PDA here. I do. Like, it's a very I, romantic culture. Yeah. And yeah. it's not just the young folks doing it either. It's like, you'll see your grandparents will be all snuggled up on each other. And I just think that's so cute that that love is in that playfulness is still there. So I like seeing that. But this guy was trying to have that PDA during lunch, you know, the sun's lining down. <laughs> yeah, having that PDA during the day and I just met him and I just wasn't feeling it. Literally tried to lunge and give me a kiss too. Yeah, it was not that great. And there was another one where, what are they called? They're like these dried grasshoppers. Oh, Jampolinas? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. He was just ripping on me. I guess he wasn't Mexican, but he was from another Latin American country. And he was just ripping on me for eating it. And I was like, you know, we're in Mexico City. Like, that's kind of a thing here. Yeah. It's fine. And just was like tearing me down for everything. He's like, what? You've got a chihuahua? Like, everything you can possibly. My food choice. <laughs> he was like, he ordered that. I'm like, what the heck, man? And then at the end of the day, thought he was going to get like a kiss. I'm like, you're getting nothing. <laughs> just you ripped on me this entire. It wasn't even playful. It was just like judgment. Yikes. No, no, no. Yeah. So dating here has been interesting. It's been a struggle. Yeah. Struggle that I'm still, still in the fight for. I'm, I want, I want to do it. I'm curious. Do you still have hope? I still have hope. Yeah, I still have hope. And the reason why is because there's so many people here. And I think there's so many people having amazing things going on. And if I can just maybe find one person that can take a little bit of their time to stop doing something amazing and actually go out on a date, like follow through with like making more plans, I think I'll be just fine. Yeah. Well, awesome. That feels like a good (laughs) note. Definitely. All right. Well, Kenji, thank you so much for coming on. 
I'm so excited to have you on the first woman on our podcast. Okay. Thank you so much for your perspective. And yeah, I'll definitely see you around. Hopefully we'll see you at City Lunch Club. Oh, for sure. All right. One of the other three events. All right. Well, I think that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to CDMX Expats. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with anyone you know who might be surprised to learn more about Mexico City. Again, my name is Raquel Ramirez, and I can't wait to share more about this magical city with you. Till next time. Cheers, man. Awesome. Woohoo. Yay. Yay. Things are working.